This is Ryan. Hey, this is Wayne. This is Kill the Rabbit podcast number 25 trillion. You don't know. <laughs> we lost track. That's a lot. Um, that's good. It's consistency. And so, Not knowing where you're at, is that what we're saying? Yes. I didn't get fired, so that's definitely a plus. That <clears throat> I worked very hard to not get fired, and I was not terminated. Although terminating me for Christmas would be horrible. But my wife always tells me, stop talking about termination. But it's because I'm an extremist. So it's never a write-up. It's always, you got fired. So I did really good at brushing up on all the things. And it really kind of inspired me to... Brushing up on what? Like all the Django stuff. So all the Django 111 stuff, all the new Python stuff. I mean, Python is like like 2.7.14, and and then you'll have a Python 3 and Python 2. So I do both. Okay, so for for me and anyone else who may not know what the world you're talking about as far as from the different versions, Mm -hmm. is there really that much difference between the different versions when they... Yes. Um, So whenever you see like a major version release, Mm -hmm. that means significant rewriting or enhancement or typically it means that we've changed things at the core level of things of stuff right so like a big deal is um in python 3 well that's not a good example so in 2 and 3 3 explores a lot more with asynchronous type stuff Whereas two seven is still stuck on certain other things, it's it's very technical like async I/O and uh, dealing with asynchronous programming. Um, three has some stuff with Unicode versus string stuff happening there. Uh, how how things resolve down. So like Python will um, they'll take code that you write and how it compiles down to a lower level language mm-hmm. like bytecode like C, I guess in this case, it will make, under the covers, it'll enhance things for you. So it'll say, oh, you didn't really mean to load those million things into memory. We're, you know, going to take care of that for you. In actuality, it will totally load all those and you'll crash your program, but that's just an example, right? Like they're just, they'll try to like prevent you from shooting yourself in the face, which is typically a good thing. So... So, like, how things resolve. So, so a really good example of this that makes it a little bit more tangible for for yourself and possibly others. In Python 2.7, you have a range method. The range method is used to do iteration. So, if I want to go, if I want to count 100 times, I would do, like, 4i in range of 100, right? And what that does is it just has this, it has an array of 100 things, and it operates 100 times, okay? So it goes 1 to 100, 0 to 99, or however. I think it's zero-based indexing. It doesn't matter. In Python 2, that range method takes all 100 or 1,000 or a million or whatever you put in there. It loads all of them in memory. Why that matters is it's not. it's very efficient as far as processing goes, but it's not efficient as far as memory goes. Oh. So if you load a trillion things in a memory, you're going to have an issue. So Python 2 has another method called xrange, which takes those thousand objects, doesn't load them into memory, but creates generators, meaning that it only loads one in at a time. 
It's way more complex than that as far as generators are concerned, but that's super boring, and I don't think... I think I'll lose you completely. <laughs> I think you'll just lose it. So one at a time versus everything, right? Okay, gotcha. Much easier to take one object from the car at a time than load all of it together and fall over in the street. So in Python 3, there's no more X range. You say, why? That's not efficient. It's because range is now X range. So there's no there's no two. There's no two things. So that's an optimization that they've made for you that they've said, you know, 90% of the time, 99.99% of the time, people are intentionally doing this. They're meaning to do this. This is more optimized. We're going to do that for you. So there's other stuff with like global interface or um, the global interpreter lock and things like that that happen in Python 3 that are different. But it's significant changes. Okay. So most of your industries are still going to be I'm, in two. I think I'm glad I asked. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure that you are. I'm sure that you are very uh, in, intrigued. I'm not sure if I'm enlightened or lit on fire here or something. So then a lot of the stuff that I do for my job is in Python 2. And you would say, why? Python 3 is better. But it's because of third-party library support. So when you write a library, a thing. So we have a library called Requests. So it allows you to do web stuff. Okay? Right. Like request response. It's a thing. So when you click something and it sends something to a thing and then it comes back, that's a request response type situation. That, let's say, it's for 2 and 3, but let's say it's not for 3 because there's a lot of libraries that haven't been ported or converted or changed to work with Python 3 mm -hmm. and fully take advantage of all the advantages. So that's why most businesses are in Python 2 and not Python 3. That was another question that I know that you are probably was, going I've, to ask. I've been, I've been chomping at the bit. I wanted to know that, yes. Um. So I didn't get fired. I read a bunch of stuff. I know a lot more stuff now. So we're going to sync up tomorrow, and we'll see if I know more stuff. And if I get fired. So my goal for next week is to also not get, not fired. get fired. But all that to say, it kind of was inspiring to know what I'm capable of doing and that you know, when it's crunch time and you really have to get into it, like it kind of inspired me for like realm stuff. It's just like, okay, obviously you can do it, right? Like you, you, so like after I got, I was complained at, I, um, I did all my work in two weeks in one day, more or less. Um, but then you prove to yourself, you're like, wow, I didn't know that I could even do that. So like with the proper motivation, hopefully from yourself, because it's something that you want to do. You can do it. I'm kind of the opposite side. I'll take a day's work and stretch it out for a week. So, I mean. Yeah. That's what I, that was the misconception there because I, uh, I thought that the work that I was assigned was all the work that I was expected to do. And I said, this is like not a lot of stuff, but I said, I don't want to make people upset. So I'm just going to make it work. And apparently that's not what was supposed to be happening. <laughs> and it was a miscommunication on both sides. So it's been fixed. But the cool thing is, I was just like, well, obviously you have time for this. You can make time for it. So then carve out 30 minutes a day and do Realm stuff, like hyper-focused, and do it there. Cool. So, and then I talked to the, I still have to email the guy again on the engineering stuff for the um, RFID stuff. So I'm working on that. Um, still trying to figure out that if that's even viable. Let me ask you a question, because you had said at one time you remember everything you read. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I understand what a photographic memory is because people, I guess they can actually visualize in their minds, there's a page in their mind for something that they've read. Mm -hmm. They can actually still see it mm -hmm. because it's like a photographic image. 
when you say that you can remember everything you've read in the past, is it just, is it that photographic or is it just that the, the concept of the material is still there? So true photographic memory, I can just look and it's like, you know, the Where's Waldo stuff, mm -hmm. those books, it's like that. So you can review something in your mind and be like, I can look for a split second and then I can ask you what time was it on the clock. I could, there could be 30 clocks and I could be like the clock that's blue and green. What time was it? And you'll be able to look in your mind and see vividly every single thing. So it's actually like looking if you had if you had taken a picture with your phone and you're looking at it physically. That's true photographic memory. I do not have that. I have a very good memory. I think this can be attributed to when I was homeschooled, I was homeschooled up until almost high school. I tried to go to high school but they wouldn't let me do as many classes or as many st things as I wanted as far as taking five years and four years and stuff like that. So I stayed home, and you and mom went to work. So I taught myself through high school. In doing that, like teaching yourself everything from mathematics to chemistry to Spanish to English, to all those kinds of things, all those different disciplines, I feel that because my mind was able to follow things to their logical conclusion or learn pathways on how I assimilated information, I think I remember everything I've ever read because my support system in my brain as far as like things that support a memory, like um, Christmas, you remember, uh, you may smell something and it reminds you of Christmas. You may mm -hmm. see red and green and it reminds you of Christmas. That's your a reinforcement system, right? I feel that in my brain, because I taught myself my reinforcement is significantly higher than most so that my brain, instead of just reading information and memorizing it, my brain actually tries to decipher the application of the information. That's why I think I can remember everything significant that I read. Was that what you... Um, <laughs> That's probably not what you were going for. Squirrel. <laughs> um... No, no, that's fine. As you were saying that, I was just thinking, like the way people um, who can spat off a number of names, they just met 27 people and they can spat them all off, or mm -hmm. uh, they have a method by which they learn things, learning mnemonics, to where mm -hmm. the first letter of each thing, but they have a system. Mm -hmm. um, to me, uh, a system for me is... It was really hard for me to understand mathematics until I was able to put practical application to mm -hmm. it, which I think I told you before. I I quit in my sophomore year of high school. I, I gave up on mathematics because I was just not getting it. And I didn't actually pick it up again until college, and I really got excited about it because I was being taught by somebody who know how, who knew how to share practical application, and that's when I told you, I still to this day understand permutation and combinations because he was sharing, the teacher was sharing with us uh, an example of how prison inmates came up with a, the uh, the numbers of combinations of letters and numbers that you can have on a 10 digit hmm. 10 character license plate. Wow. They make a license plate. Well, how many common different combinations 
can can you come up with with those numbers? And that's where I found that fascinating. And then it, it got fascinating about geometry because you started thinking about, well, if a guy uses an example of building a house where they're using all kinds of different shapes from triangles to squares mm-hmm. to, and so a setting in which you take something that's abstract like mathematics and you say, this is how you remember it. Mm-hmm. You use a practical application. Well, they didn't do that when I was in school. Mm-hmm. And your method of memorization, not memorization, but just remembering things, your mind evidently puts, hangs that, that information on a hook somehow or other mm-hmm. so that you remember it. Well, and I think those hooks are are connected to other hooks so that they are connected in a way that's not broken up by semester or course. Mm-hmm. It runs together. And so I can see the applicability of things across um, disciplines. Oh, okay. And that brings up the other gift I think that you have that this is not something that everybody can do, but where you take, we've talked before about how you could take dissimilar disciplines mm-hmm. and are able to see how they can function together, which is why you can take dissimilar computer programming languages mm-hmm. and put those together and, and, and allow them to work together to accomplish greater purpose. Whereas most programmers are learning a specific program and then they'll learn another one, but there's this big, thick line, boundary line between the two, and they don't see how you can use both of them in the same in mm-hmm. the same room. You have to use one or the other. You don't use them both together. Mm-hmm. But that takes a, an ability to see those potential connecting points, those ports in which yes. you can you know, take two dissimilar, three dissimilar things and make something out of it. That's a creative gift that mm-hmm. you you have. Yeah, and you and you have to care. You have to be passionate about it too. It just can't be like, oh, I'm good at math. I do this. But, and permutations is not for the faint-hearted either. That's not a basic concept. So that's interesting. I had the same happen with me in my trigonometry class. I had a professor, and he said, "We're going to do a quiz every day." And I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" But he goes, if everyone doesn't make an A, I failed. And I made an A. I made a 96.5 average for the entire semester, which I looked at like, wow, I did really good. And the way he viewed it as, I'd, I've communicated the information effectively. And so in the past, when I taught myself, uh, the book was the source of truth, right? Like uh, the my math book that I'm learning mathematics from, there was no internet. So I couldn't like Google things to like shortcut things. I think that has a big difference in how I'm able to learn something or how I'm able to like attach to something and then shake it out until I figure it, stay on it until I figure it out. Right. Whereas now when I'll read something online, it's weird because if you look at my internet stuff, I'll have six browsers open, same subject, but I'll read one. And in, in the past I would have read it over and over and over and over again being like, Oh, I just don't get it. It may not be you. It may not be, being communicated effectively. Right. So I read it, and then I read another one, and then I read another one, and then the pieces come together in my mind. That's really good, and I, I, I would, uh, I would agree wholeheartedly with you. There's a whole lot of academic books out there, and there's uh, high-level journals and things like that that people just like the sound of their voice or the or the what they put on a page, but they're not. Their goal is not really communication. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you're right. I, I think it's good to read the same thing from from uh, 
different people and possibly uh, with a variety of backgrounds just because you you get it said different ways and it and begins to seep through mm-hmm. and you finally get it that's that's good no it's been it's been better it's it's interesting with you know the situation that I'm in because it makes you kind of dig deep into that stuff again whereas you realize like with time it's only natural for you to kind of fall asleep at the wheel on certain things and not really kind of take for granted certain things and so this is kind of really in, it's been a good push into you know stuff around or other things that I'm doodling around with I would say one other thing that um, I've been impressed in watching you um, that's something that anybody can cultivate and, and it goes back to the P word that we've talked about before perseverance it's funny um, we we do forget that once you set something in motion in your mind you're thinking about a problem mm-hmm. you may not initially come to a conclusion or what's the next step do I go in to, to resolve this problem but then you walk away and then an hour later all of a sudden this light goes on in your brain and something happened well obviously something was still going on in your mind mm-hmm. between the time that you walked away from it and you had that light come on mm-hmm. something is still going on and so I think that it's just way too easy for people particularly in this age where everything has to happen now mm-hmm that people don't realize that give it a little bit more time practice staying with things a little longer not you know not an hour or two hours necessarily but just longer than you normally do and just see what happens mm-hmm. uh, and i'm an impatient person so that's what i'm saying i'm kind of looking from the outside looking at you and saying well i'm just really impressed the way you just hang in there and you persevere through something and you've always said Almost every time, I have no idea what the answer is yeah. to this thing. And oh, and I'm totally impatient with myself. It's on a journey to try to like take a step back and let yourself go to sleep or breathe or be okay with not knowing the answer right now. Mm-hmm. Rather than forcing yourself or when you're really tired, go to bed, take a nap, mm-hmm. take a walk, whatever. Because um, it's the concept of just really strong focus requires that your mind is sharp mm-hmm. that there's no distractions and a lot of people just waste time they've got lots of distractions they're tired they're hungry um, all kinds of things and it's no wonder they don't get any more done than they do mm-hmm. well and that to what you're saying the like I've been and this is where I really put it in motion or I had to um I've always prided myself, and in every interview that I give, they always say, what is something that you bring to the table? And I always say, I take criticism really well. And that always kind of is off-putting to them. But it's something that I really pride myself in, and because I look at those things as opportunities. So I got all this criticism, so I was like, this is an opportunity for growth and for me to really strengthen up in this area. And it's a mental fortitude to stay away from the negative. And the negative is like, 90% in your way, right? Mm -hmm. It's so easy to just say, oh, woe is me. Oh, I suck. Uh," And all these things are facts, right? That may be pointing to you're completely deficient in this and 
you suck and you can't do it and you failed again. So looking at that and having that mental fortitude to be like, I'm not going there because once you go there, you're more likely to go there again as far as the negative. And in the end, because I really am big on like efficiency and optimization, in the end, you're going to bounce through it anyway. So why not just sidestep that completely? and just go for the positive because you know because you can't you have to think about it logically are you going to give up or are you going to quit mm-hmm. are you done with your career are you going to retire mm-hmm. no so what are you going to do you're not quitting you're not retiring are you going to tell them off well it would make me feel better but it's not going to do any good and really take that and it's hard to like do that introspection and be like is this correct is this an is this a correct um, summary of what's going on and it's hard it's harder when the answer is yes but looking at a, that as an opportunity and just having that and strengthening your mind to like stay away from the negative of it then you'll get there and you still feel like you're easing by staying on the positive side you feel like you're a crazy person like I can do this I can do this I, I'm worth it I, because it's so easy to just uh, fall over All Right, and I think that the, neg- the negative is out there in spades. Your mom and I were talking about that recently, about uh, the need for hope in the world. Because um, there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of people that are depressed about everything under the sun. Um, and the news media, the um, even some of the stuff we watch, I've noticed over the years how movies have gotten darker. Yeah. Um, some music has been darker than it needs to be. And I'm thinking, well, if you want people to stop committing suicide and doing dark things, then let's get away from the the darkness and let's think about more things that are light. Now, Mm -hmm. I understand some people say, well, yeah, but the reality is there's bad stuff out there. Yes. But look what it does to you when you focus on it all the time. Yeah. Look what it does when, uh, you know, you get up in the morning like for me going to work in the morning there are certain things that I, I've had to stop listening to a lot of times it's the news because yeah. there's so much bad stuff going on and you're thinking, I've had to completely stop it's just it's not helpful no it's, it's not. not that it's it's happening yes that's happening and there are people being raped and killed and you know all kinds of bad stuff happening out there and that's terrible but I'm not God so I don't need to think about that all mm-hmm. day long, and it's certainly not going to help me with my job, you know. Well, and even the positive stories seem to be in the wake of a negative story. <laughs> right. Yeah, just like we were talking uh, about the uh, Hurricane Harvey that happened recently here in the Houston area. And one of the neatest things that has happened in the wake of all of that as we look back on it has been the good things that happened from mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there's a lot of tragedy and a lot of bad stuff that happened, but look at how people got excited about helping others mm-hmm. and the community that happened. And that really kind of took the lead yeah. over the top of the actual tragedy, which I thought, that's that's different. Yeah. You know? Well, that, and we even did our own uh, our catchphrase, Houston Strong, is yeah. from that. So that kind of, the negative thinking... Yes, some things are true, and, and that, but that doesn't mean you need to focus on it. I'm in a situation in my job right now where I'm 
I'm not sure what, where it's going. Um, Did you get Kevin Spacey'd? No, I didn't. I, <laughs> I haven't done anything I shouldn't. I've kept my No, hand. you were the victim of a Kevin Spacey oh, okay. event. Well, that, oh, I see. I got you. <laughs> right, sorry. There's been an awful lot to. of... you got to stay relevant. The uh, sex stuff going on out there. It's crazy. But I, I, um, I've said this before, but my workplace has tended to be more dark than light. Mm-hmm. It's starting to get lighter, but there's still some folks that are focusing way too much on the dark stuff. Yeah. And and one of the things that I, I've noticed about this, and this is interesting, that people who tend to be dark a lot, like like I said in, in the case of my workplace, they tend to interpret things dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean like jump to the conclusion that it's negative or dark? Yeah, somebody kind of ignored them walking down the hallway, and uh-huh. they're thinking, they must they be like mad them. at me, or yeah. they don't like me, and they're thinking, is that the is that the only option? I mean, mm-hmm. this is multiple choice here, and what you've essentially said is A, B, C, and D is the same answer. They don't like me. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's another possibility. Maybe you need to lighten your world a little bit and uh, turn off some of the negative thinking mm-hmm. that has you captive. So anyway, enough of that. I just thought it was really kind of interesting when you think about it. Well, the job thing is really interesting that you say that because for some of those people, you have to ask, like, why do you do this? Like, mm-hmm. is this, you know that when you retire, it's not all roses either. I mean, unless you haven't fulfilled a purpose or you're not doing something that's purposeful with your life, and see, it doesn't t- bring you satisfaction. You've talked about the passion that you have for your work, and, and that's very impressive. And you and I have talked uh, numerous times because you keep job hopping, and and uh, and and it's worked out really well for you. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, it's like, what did you do? You lose your job? No, yeah. you've actually hopped upward in your job uh, exchanges. Now you're at a place where you're doing really well in this new job. But um, I just had a senior moment. What were we talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you're passionate. Mm-hmm. about that I think some people feel a little they've either given up on having a passion mm-hmm. or being passionate about something or they've I don't know I see what you're saying I think it's that as a whole a lot of people don't allow themselves they've shut out so so the preconceived notion work is work. It's not fun. It's hard. You do it because you have to, so that you can enjoy things that you want to do. So you do things that you have to do to do things that you want to do. And I feel that so many people haven't allowed themselves to think and ask that question, what do I want from my life? What do I enjoy doing? If you could do anything and money wasn't an object, what would you do? And I think a lot of people have a real struggle with answering that question, even at a high level, because they've been conditioned to, like like the guy that I asked, I said, do you like the framework that we're working in? And he says, why does it matter? He's like, well, because you should like what you do. And he looked at me like, are you stupid? Of course you don't like what you do. You do it because it pays money. It's just such a 
weird thing. And even when I talk to people about I'm so passionate about doing what I do, they do look at me sideways. Engineers, right? Other people not in my field are like, that's awesome. Maybe they're just being nice. But <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You're insane. But the engineers will be like, eh, dude, I don't know. I think you're doing drugs. And, and I, if you don't allow yourself, it, I think it's very important to look inside. What is it that I want to do? But you see, that's why, you know, when you and I talked with each time you went to different companies, you maintained that passion. But you walked into a new environment, people you hadn't worked with before or known mm -hmm. before. And we talked about, well, how do you think they're going to perceive that bubbly passion that com that's coming out of you? Will it be interpreted as this person is being sincere mm -hmm. and they really do want to be a team player and they really do love their work? No, probably not. They're going to look at it like, I know what I'd be thinking yeah. if I was saying what this guy is saying. Yeah, brown nosing. And so it's, you find yourself having to hold back each time just because, I'm sorry, but the way you're thinking is not mainstream. Well, and it's it almost feels like it's not appropriate to be sincere anymore. Is yeah. that... Is the assumption that sincerity is fake? Is that just the assumption across the board? Am I always going to assume? I mean, why do we assume when someone comes and walks to you on the street and says, hey, would you like to buy this for charity? I think they're lying. Like, knee-jerk reaction. You're lying. You're trying to manipulate me. You're trying to take my money. You're trying to take advantage of me. And I think a lot of that, when you, when you go down that hole, like, rule of thumb, if you're in a job that you feel you've lost yourself or you lost your passion, or you only do things and you pray for the weekends, quit. That's not where you belong. And I feel like with more, with the, the higher, you, higher you go in your career, the harder it is to ask those questions. Because you say, yeah, but I make money. And it's like, no, no, no. With time, that won't matter. The, the only thing I would say, though, that, that um, a lot of people just can't quit. Okay, and I understand that. I can't just quit. So I had to stand back a little bit and ask myself, am I, you know, I could leave this job, but it's very likely that I'll take the infection with me to the next job mm -hmm. because it may well be that my thinking has, has undergone, you know, I, I've got AIDS of the brain and mm -hmm. I'm starting to have a bad attitude about stuff and I'm just going to bring that with me. Is there a possibility that even though I'm going to start looking outward towards another job that I think I would like more mm -hmm. that along with that I need to work on my attitude now I need to start really assessing honestly whether I am being um, my attitude is where it should be so and it's a hard question to ask seriously yep it's very easy to say it flippantly well, I hate my job why a lot of the times people can't even describe why. Yep. Uh, it takes my time. I hate my boss. I don't like my work. It's like no one's holding a gun to your head. You can do whatever you want with your life. And I think it's just that we're scared of the consequences of doing whatever you want with your life or your perceived consequences of doing whatever you want with your life. Or if I want to be a painter, I just have to accept that I'm going to be poor. That's not necessarily true. But it's the stigma. Uh, no, no, no. If you do what you love to do, you will be unsuccessful, poor, You'll be happy, but you'll be broke. And I think that that's a very much so an American stigma that we have. Yeah. Um, you know, but I just think, like you said, about 
positive and negative and looking at things in that certain light or looking at is this really what I should be doing with my life? It's not an easy question, but I think it's a necessary question. Right. And by the way, how is the book? Is it going well? The book? Did you release? Did I release? Um, have you started again? No, I haven't started again. Have you started thinking about it again? I have, I have no excuses. No excuses. Did you start thinking about it? Have you pondered I, it in your mind? I haven't been thinking about it lately. Not at all? Been, not at all. I haven't been thinking about it. Weird. Is it? There's just too many things going on right now? Uh... That's a I'm almost answer. afraid to ask that because I feel like I'm making excuses. No, no, no. I agree with you. I think there's a lot going on right now with job stuff. But if, like, in your moments of fun or relaxation, do you do you mull it over or? I'm. Uh, I I have to be honest. I haven't been thinking about it. I haven't even been mulling over it. I've been. I've realized that I've. I'm at a crossroads here with my job, and I need to do something with that. And I've been working on that a lot, but um, uh, again, I think these have been good times for me because I do have to sit back and ask myself, okay, are you on track to mm-hmm. where you want to go? Because if you're not doing anything, any kind of effort in a direction that you want to check out, um, then you really need to seriously think. Oh, by the way, one thing I have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten back into looking at possibilities for um, things that would involve writing for um, for money. Okay. Um, small types of projects because I could use a jump start, and I think if I could find some opportunities where uh, it's not writing a novel, but it's something that's shorter, but that would you know get me back into the groove of writing that yeah. would be helpful uh at some point at some time and we're coming up on the christmas break here i'm going to revisit some things i'm going to revisit the book for sure but um i would like to take some risk start getting information about possibilities of businesses that i could be involved with that uh, would bring in residual income mm-hmm and so I've been exploring those things. That that's one thing I have been doing, and I've got a, I've got a couple I've been looking at. Mm-hmm. So, and if that's go good for, though. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's more of a, I feel like it's more in my idea space too, as far as like, yeah, the realm's awesome, but you need baby steps. Like baby step is like try to build something that you can make some money off of. Right. There's the reality of you, you don't just jump across the creek. Mm-hmm. You have to find the stones to get there. That's taking steps and, and taking inventory on what your reality is at the moment here. You mm-hmm. can't just walk away from your job and and whatever. But what kind of steps can you take? And so I've, I've got to explore those things. Because I can't see myself continuing to do this for the next 10 years. I think mm-hmm. it would drive me crazy. So then I guess for next week, you'll still delve into that. Yep. Book stuff, It maybe, maybe not. I'll try not to get fired again. Okay. I'll learn more. I'm really going to try to get back into Realm stuff. Like, I think we're back in the podcast stuff, so that's at least a plus. Yeah. As far as being consistent in the middle of the holiday season, which is rare. So, 
It's good to be consistent about something, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so then we'll. Uh, so then I guess next you're looking into that, right? That's the goal for now. I'm trying to like move more into action. Yeah, and I I appreciate that. Um, because I'm horrible at it. That's well, I need to really bad. At I it. need to. Well, we're both going to kick each other in the pants, and yeah, and we're going to get through this. So I'll try to cycle down on realm, on the other business, and then thinking more on the other business. I'm doing three, trying to figure out which one. Just baby steps, just enough to vet it out and see like how you feel about something, instead of having a definitive thing. Yeah. Um, and then job stuff. Okay. Well, that was great. All righty. We'll see, see you later. Week.